Hey, welcome back to the While We Were Working show. If this is your very first time, we're so glad you're here. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, like this, and share with some friends so that more people can see what you're all the way up to uh, when you're tuning in to the While We Were Working show and learning tips, tricks, and cheat codes to become a better people leader at work. This is episode 89 of the While We Were Working show. And time is flying by. I can't believe it. It feels like yesterday we did our first episode. But here we are. Speaking of who we are, uh, I'm joined by Summer Keytron, who is our consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart. And I'm Joy Price, founder of Jumpstart HR. And we provide HR services to small businesses and startups all across the U.S., as well as we're a certified disc coach. And we provide recruiting and payroll services. So if your business is in the need for HR, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. All right, we've got a very fun show for you today. Well, it's fun for us always because we're HR people. We like talking about this stuff. But fun because it's going to give you a competitive advantage back at work. So in our segment while we were working, we're talking about student loan debt and how it's a pain point for employees and maybe some things you can do to help your employees there. And then the next thing we're going to talk about in Consultants Corner is the employee onboarding experience and some ways that you can refresh your onboarding experience to increase retention and improve employee experience. So without further ado, let's jump in. Summer, you want to take it away for a while we were working? Of course I would. This is always fun to kick us off and... Our while we were working segment of our show is where Joey and I take a look at just what's happening in the world, what's happening in the news, what we think is important to our listeners, um, business owners, people leaders, and talk about an article that you might have been so busy working, you might have missed. So we'll talk about the article, where you can find it, and just kind of share our thoughts, hoping that. Maybe if it piques your interest, then you'll go out and check it out as well. Yeah. And this episode is, uh, this article rather, from Sherm, is uh, written by Kathy Gerdchek. And it's from July 21. So it's very recent. And unless you've been so busy working that you haven't come up for air, it's time to pay back student loans. Uh, the pause is off. And unless, Something happens between uh, the time we're sharing this and when you hear it, uh, people will be responsible for uh, paying back their loans uh, relatively soon. And of course, this is a personal issue because we go to school, we get the, the debt, maybe we have it for our kids. But another group that is uh, filling the pinch um, are employers and uh, obviously employees having that as a part of, um, you know, just some of the the, the debt uh, that they carry. So some companies are doing some pretty uh, noble things to help with uh, the student loan debt. And the article talks about some of those things. But also, it's, it's kind of just like a, a commiseration or a, a, a realization that, hey, you know, student loan debt is a big deal here in the country. Uh, people pay mortgages, pay uh, car notes, pay credit card debt, student loan debt, rent. These are all big ticket things that we um, 
you know, we go to work for to, to bring money back to earn uh, and, and pay down. But but the student loan piece is uh, is interesting because you might be paying interest on it and that principal shrinks slowly. Uh, but but the article is just there to say, hey, employees are feeling the pinch. Uh, employers, if there's anything you can do, try to help out. And it gives some helpful solutions. Um, so, Summer, what did you take away from from this article on Sherm? Well, it caught my attention because I have been following this to a degree as, you know, ever like from the very beginning where we saw uh, that loans were modified, um, loan payments were frozen, and it, it was all in an attempt to try to, you know, put more money in the economy. And for some individuals, having a loan payment that's $500, $800 a month is, is pretty significant. And I think the impact that it had on individuals during this diff difficult time was really, really positive. I think, unfortunately, there was a lot of excitement um, about, you know, Biden's plan for loan forgiveness and that potentially uh, people made decisions based on that being a sure thing. And, you know, when we talk about the pinch of these payments, I think it's it's now compounding because maybe individuals bought a house, maybe they bought a car or took vacations and made decisions based on, you know, kind of this relief. And, you know, we've seen it, you know, the, the real problem that continues is that the interest continues to accrue and a lot of folks are now like kind of in the vicious cycle of they may never be able to pay this off. So I think kind of getting to the topic at hand, the reason it really caught my attention is because companies are often looking for, like, how can we help our employees? And, you know, we talk about tuition assistance, which is really great. But on the other side of that, you have, you know, helping with loan repayments. And this article referenced a handful of examples of what com different companies are doing. And I thought that was really, really great because what I took away is that it may not, it doesn't necessarily need to be a large amount for it to be meaningful. So for example, one company, a PWC, provides a $1,200 stipend in monthly $100 installments for up to six years or until the employee is promoted to manager. The maximum payout is $7,200. So I thought, gosh, you know, if a company could maybe add, a, you know, an extra $100 a month to help offset somebody's payments, that's pretty, like, that's, that's pretty meaningful. And there's, you know, other companies that have larger amounts or larger maximums. But to me, I thought, gosh, you know, $100 for your team, um, if that's doable, that's a pretty impactful benefit. So impactful. And if, you know, thinking about the long game, if, if you're getting that $100 and you know your student loan debt, uh, big picture, you're, you're sending that money to your principal and then maybe you've got a plan of attack to cover 
the other portions of that. So I, I think it's a great idea to to offer that as a benefit if if it's needed and it can be done. Um, you know, there's always going to be the the employee or the empo- groups of employees that say, "Well, I don't I don't need student loan forgiveness or student loan debt repayment because I don't have any loans." So this isn't fair. Uh, but but I think you should think about it as, hey, it's a team member. They're uh, adding value to the team. The organization can provide it. And there are probably other uh, benefits that you could take a, advantage of as an employee. So I think it's great in the same way that we offer, you know, health care reimbursement or health expenses to individuals who are single, single plus spouse, single plus child whatever their makeup, you know, this idea of helping to send money straight to uh, debt repayment is great, no matter what circumstance or situation you're in. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. And the person who's like, oh, well, uh, what about me? I don't have debt. Yeah. I just say, congratulations, you, you cross the finish line, yeah. but your colleagues have a ways to go and, and just cheer them on, you know, cheer them on because it's, it can mean a lot uh, for them to get this extra uh, income to go towards their their uh, repayment. I could definitely see that happening. And I think if you wanted to truly get into a debate of, well, that benefit doesn't apply to me, I think that same argument could be made for any benefit that a company offers, right? Whether it's medical, dental, some sort of stipend or reimbursement, like they're not everybody is going to need it. But something that I just thought of, I I think could be kind of cool if a company wanted to, you know, try to offer, um, you know, I think about like uh, equal benefits, like kind of an offering that is attractive to a larger audience. What if they offered this uh, loan repayment or tuition reimbursement, right? So it's like saying, if you've already gone to school, we'll help you pay for it. But if you haven't and you want to, we'll help you pay for it. So then truly everybody has kind of that same benefit offered. Did you ever, when you were going to school, Joey, did you ever uh, lean towards any uh, potential employers based off of a tuition reimbursement perk that they offered? Uh, No. And the reason I say that is because they just did, they didn't offer it. So I wasn't able to take advantage of it. That's a, as a story for another time. I I worked for many places who did not see the value in, in education and excelling beyond the seat that I was in, but no, I didn't, I didn't have that opportunity and it's okay. You know, I was fortunate enough to keep other expenses low while I was going through grad school. So I did have undergrad debt, but not grad school debt. But no, I didn't, I didn't have that opportunity. Well, I, the reason I ask is because it's relevant to this article. Um, but if you don't have a story, I mean, I'll, I'll share a quick little story about, and, and it ties into, you know, they're talking about the value of this benefit and it being really relevant when it comes to attracting talent and retention. <laughs> So, well, shortly out of high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college, but I simply couldn't afford it. Like it wasn't an option for me to even take on massive loans at that point. Like I was able to get some, but I knew that I had to get creative with something. So then I started discovering that some companies offered tuition reimbursement. I think the IRS max around that time was 
approximately $5,000 or so. dollars. Not going to get you terribly far, uh, but $5,000 a year is something. Uh, so long story short, I decided, you know, I'm not going to be so picky about my job. As long as it's in HR and I was learning, even if I made minimum wage, I was going to get $5,000 tax-free and get to go to school. So sign me up. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I used $5,000 a year for, well, we won't say how many years it took me to finish college, but my strategy was, you know, $5,000 a year until it was complete. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. So in terms of retention, I stayed at that company for a long time because they were helping me pay for my school. And this article talks about that, that, that same value of retention. So, you know, if you're a company and you're thinking about is, you know, $5,000 going to go a long way, I would say absolutely. For the for some people, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a a great story and a great reminder because I know as you were learning and growing, you're staying at this company, but you're also able to take back what you learned at school and be a better person on the team and and share your ideas and contributions of the team. So that that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I did get a story I, I thought of one not so much for for me and the student loan repayment but um i know of a of a company that lost a really really great talent because they went to go work at a predominant university in our area because that university covers tuition for their kids and so this person had a long 20 plus year career at this organization but hey in that 20 years they had kids the kids grew up they needed to go to college and the decision was hey i'm gonna make this jump because i know my kids want to go here and um, it's a pretty prestigious school so it was just like you, you can't really compete with that necessarily so retention for employees not only for their debt, but to help with the future of, of their kids too is, is something you should take a look at as well. Yeah, one one quote, uh, one stat from the article that I'll mention uh, is that Voya Financial, uh, they're, you know, you're probably familiar with them. They're an investment company. Uh, they did some surveys and they found that those who have a student loan were more likely to say they would stay with their employer than those who did not have a student loan. So it was 63% versus 48%. Um, and, you know, to kind of abbreviate what, you know, was referenced prior to this article was companies that had some sort of per, some sort of um, assistance with their student loans. So they're kind of directly tying that 63% were more likely to stay versus 48% were not. Um, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty staggering figure. Yeah. So you heard it here first. If you're a manager and you're trying to keep your team, take this episode to your management team and say, hey, the HR pros are talking. The stats are there. Uh, education reimbursement or loan uh, repayment options help us keep keep people around our, our top talent around 
So that, that'll be our, our segment for while we were working. And as always, if you are looking for a way to grow your HR strategy, if you want to be the hero of your business, we are the guide to help you get there. So you can check us out at jumpstart-hr.com. We have provided HR services, payroll services, and recruiting. Matter of fact, we're in the throes of a CFO search right now. We've done plenty of searches from tech to CEO, CFO, manager level, entry level, you name it, we can support it. So reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com for all the ways that we can connect and help grow your business. Let's jump into Consultants Corner. Consultants Corner is our part of the show where we talk about the good, bad, the ugly, about being a consultant in the HR space. Uh, we see a lot of mess. We see skeletons in the closet. We see fires that need to be put out. And you get to have a couple laughs while also uh, learn something that will help your business through this segment of the pod. And so this week, let's let's make it something light. <laughs> no fires this week, but we're talking about employee onboarding. So uh, we got a question that came in about talking about employee onboarding and what should employee experience look like before someone starts in an organization? Summer, I'll let, you, I'll let you take it first. Sure. Well, I was actually able to get a little bit of the backstory on this one that I think would be cool to chat about. Certainly. Uh, because it's relevant. And there, there was a company who uh, had extended an offer to a new hire and their start date was, I think, maybe about three or so weeks out. So there, there was some time. Mm -hmm. And the company uh, just really didn't stay in close contact with this individual. And we'll talk about why that's dangerous, I think, in just a bit. Essentially, what we learned was that because there was kind of a longer period of time, you know, they, they didn't go about like their normal process, ordering equipment, setting up meetings. And this new hire was kind of like, well is my job offer like doesn't even still exist the backstory on that is that this employee uh, who was a little concerned actually had an offer rescinded in the past and so you know when they thought that this company was going a little bit dark on them it just kind of brought up like you know kind of old trauma which makes sense yep um and even though you know, this new employer really didn't do anything wrong it's clear that you know, there's a lot of missed opportunities to make a great experience. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you never want trauma associated with your onboarding experience, that's for sure. And, you know, this conversation is relevant for people who onboard um, remotely or who onboard in person. Uh, if you want some tips and strategies on remote onboarding, we talked about Form I-9 and everything you need to know in last week's episode, and I-9s are a part of the onboarding process. But essentially, you know, the onboarding process for me, I think it starts from that, that final interview where you're like pretty certain that this is the person. You're just trying to make sure that they don't say anything to, to screw it up. But like you, you're, you're trying to um, put your best foot forward so that they have a great experience in the interview process. Because from there, they've got to decide if they want to work with you. So mm -hmm. I think that the onboarding period or the courting period 
should start in the recruiting process and then transition into the formal offer being extended, uh, accepted, and then that paperwork that goes out. And, and I think that onboarding should extend beyond the first 60 days to possibly 90 days and even a year because it, it, it really does take a year sometimes to fully learn a job, uh, the ins and outs of it, the seasonality of it. And so while you can let off the gas a little bit because uh, you're not you know doing a full court press after the first couple of weeks, you still want to make sure that there's that you're getting feedback of, hey, are you happy here? Are things going good? Are there are there questions you might have? So on and so forth. So um, that's kind of my bookends is like that last interview to maybe the first the first year. But what are your thoughts, Summer, on on onboarding that people should pay attention to? Yep. So I I like to think about onboarding. It's a little bit like dating. Yep. So you really want to be your best. You want to show your best. And you wanna you wanna stay consistent, right? Because it's like once you've wowed a candidate and they're interested in you, you know, you you don't want to then, you know, kind of stop putting forth that effort and then now they're experiencing a whole nother a whole nother person, right? So I kind of think about it that way. And I do think, and I'm a big believer that first impressions count, especially early on in the process. Something, something small can feel like something large, whether it's good or bad. And so, you know, certainly you want to try to avoid, you know, anything negative impacting their experience. But on the flip side, I think recognize it's also a unique window to create a really amazing experience. And Joy, I'm curious if uh, in, you know, all of the jobs that you've, that you've had, if you've ever had a company, like you do something really cool that stood out to you even today. Yeah, I did. I did work somewhere that gave me a, uh, they asked me like what my favorite snacks were. And not only did they uh, put care package with snacks, but they had a picture of like my family uh, so the, in a frame, uh, and then they had some, yeah, it was, it was snacks in a frame and that might seem small, you know, maybe all, all in, it's like probably 30 bucks to buy, but the care and intentionality behind it really did go a, a long way. Uh, I thought that it was a nice, a nice touch. So that's, that's one thing where it was small, but it's, it spoke to the organization and what they uh, think about hospitality and making people feel welcome. So I thought that was, that was a pretty cool experience. That is really cool. And, and I do think that it's just that, that being intentional, that goes a long way. Uh, quick story I'll share. Uh, a couple of things that stand out that uh, other companies have done as part of my onboarding that, that really stood out to me. One company sent a card that was signed by the rest of the team just you know sharing a great message of like how much they're looking forward to working with me and then shortly before my first day they sent flowers to my house which was absolutely not necessary but like such an unexpected delight 
And I think it really stood out to me because no company had ever done anything like that. And then, you know, even a, another organization who had planned a like a group lunch or be, um, yeah. and it was, it was like potluck style. So I was like really impressed because I was like, wow, like they were expecting me and everybody went out of their way to prepare something that, you know, we're going to celebrate on my first day. And I was just like, wow, like that's, that's, that says a lot. Yeah. And I think the takeaway here, like kind of the underlying message um, is for your onboarding to make sure that you have a schedule for your new hire, make sure that there is a plan and that regardless if you do a little or a lot, doesn't really matter, but the message kind of the, that you want to ensure is received is we're excited you're here. We were expecting you <laughs> and setting them up for success is important. Yes. Right. Because somebody shows up, it's their first day. They don't have email. They don't have equipment, right? Like nobody's even helped them understand like how to navigate the basics of their job. Like that's really frustrating. And I, I don't know, like, I think I'd kind of feel like, like, does it, were they even like, do they even care what my first day is like? So I think, you know, really reflecting on making that experience the best that it can be. It's such an important part of the process. And as you mentioned, it, it continues even beyond that. Yeah. And, you know, even in Jumpstart, we've, we've had iterations and evolution of our onboarding process. And uh, people, will, there were times where it wasn't the best. It was kind of like, oh, you know, we haven't prepared. But then it got to, we would hear comments of like, this is the, cleanest smoothest onboarding experience that I've that I've had so I say all that to say it's a an iterative process you may not get everything right on the next hire but just try to get some feedback or reflection of how you can improve it and get better with each new hire because then you'll have people who are excited to join your team and, and to stick around there's a there's a quote that talks about uh I think it, it's like 60% or so people know within the first uh, 30 days if they're going to stick around. And part of that has to do with the way that they were onboarded or not. And so thinking through your onboarding strategy, it's definitely a re for retention, definitely to reduce costs. It's definitely definitely to improve uh, chemistry at work, all these sorts of things. And they're they're all incredibly important. I couldn't agree more. I've learned through that process, as you mentioned, Joey, that seeking feedback from those that have gone through the onboarding process most recently and asking for their suggestions and implementing them when possible is really the great greatest way to keep it current and relevant. And, you know, I also think the the biggest takeaway that I had, you know, as you were talking about some of the processes we've improved internally, is uh, that if you feel like you're over communicating, like, you know, for me, like, okay, like, let's check in a couple times a week. And to me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that feels like a lot. Like, you know, I don't want them to feel burdened um, that during onboarding, it's okay to over communicate. And, you know, worst, worst case, you're going to have 
uh, more connections with that individual. And, yep. you know, once they feel comfortable, like pulling back, like let it be on their terms. And then, you know, you've got it right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you're listening, you're tuning in, you're going to go and revamp your onboarding process. Uh, if you hit a wall, get stuck, or realize you don't have as much time as you thought you would would to uh, make it a great experience, um, definitely reach out to us at Jumpstart. We are here to help you create your onboarding experience for your team. We even have a package of uh, prepaid consulting hours that you can just point, click, and buy on our site where it'll give you 10 hours of an expert's time to work on your growing HR to-do list. And so if one project you can think about is revamping your onboarding experience, what better way than to have our team take our lessons learned and what we see in really great workplaces across the U.S. and recreate that for your business. So visit our website, jumpstart-hr.com. Head on over to our, our shop and you'll be able to see our pre-packaged HR plan. All right, it's been another great show. Summertime is flying, but we got to land this plane. Thank you for, for as always, your insight and your your conversation. It's truly a, a great time. And for our listeners or viewers, uh, go ahead and make sure you subscribe and you share this episode out with your friends. And check back uh, next week for another fresh episode of While We Were Working. All right, see you later. Thank you.